Apostle Mrs. Leanne Kofi, the founder and general overseer of the Lord's Garden Ministries, a ministry which is focused on bringing back the glory of God into the lives of people who have been battered by the world. She's a healing apostle and ministers powerfully to break people free from demonic oppressions. We believe you'll be blessed as you listen to today's word. Now, today's word. God, the word that you've put within my spirit to minister to your people by your spirit of God communicated into the hearts, the spirits of every man and every woman that hears your word. Let this word, my God, change the hearts of men, touch people of God. I pray that let this word bring a performance into the life of every hearer. We thank you, Lord, and we give you praise all things done in Jesus name amen and you want to say a very big amen and put your hands together for the Lord amen we thank God for his faithfulness this morning God is good God has kept you God has kept your family if we are together today it is just pure grace amen this morning I bring you a word of God that really touches my heart because um, you have to understand certain things about God in order to come to the place of security and rest. Many people have a misconception about God. Some have a misconception about God just because of maybe um, lack of knowledge. God says that for lack of knowledge, my people perish. Some also equate God with the idols of this world, vicious, wicked spirits, demonic spirits, that have taken over people's hearts and minds and the way in which they, they deal with men. Some also, considering God as, when we say God is our father, equate God with fathers who were never there, fathers who were cruel. But Jesus came to bring to us a revelation of who God is. And that was the challenge of his time and why people didn't understand him. Because before he came, Israel's understanding or how they saw God was a God of vengeance, a God who, you know, would open the earth to swallow up people who had sinned, a God of judgment, a God of fire. That's what they knew. So when Jesus came with a word and by his ministry to bring that revelation of the, the heart of the Father, who God really is. They didn't understand it, and because of that, they were offended. But, beloved, this morning I bring you this word for you to understand the heart of God in order that you may receive all that your Father really wants you to receive because He's a good God and He's a good Father. This morning I'm ministering to you a message I've titled The Love of the Father. The Love of the Father. That's our Father God. Amen. The book of First John chapter 3, the verse 1 reads, Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it does not appear yet what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself, even us, God is also pure. 
as I say in the Old Testament, we see a revelation of God by a different way. And in fact, Israel saw a revelation of God by his creative names, by the El Shaddai Elohim. They knew him by his creative names. But a time came when Israel was caught in Egypt in bondage that God said to Moses that they have known me by name Jehovah they had known me and he brought a new revelation of himself as a God of redemption a God who delivers a God who saves and so that is where we begin to get the name Jehovah this is it's about what he does before it was about who he is but now God brought a revelation of what he does so that people would understand him even more the people of the Old Testament had a dealing with God on that level. God up there, man down here. Amen. It was still a relationship, but it was a different kind of relationship. Jesus Christ, however, in the New Testament, brought a revelation of God, the fatherhood of God, a more intimate, a more closer, a more loving relationship with a loving God. And the people couldn't just understand him. They couldn't take it. He introduced God as his father. That was even more annoying, referring to God as my father. And they took offense. What does this carpenter's son mean? Calling himself the son of God. How can you be the son of God? They didn't understand him. How can he say that he's a son of God and that God is his father? Then comes Nicodemus to Jesus, and Jesus introduces him. To how to come into sonship with the Father or to the Father. The Gospel of St. John chapter 3, reading from verse 3 to 6. The Bible says that, And Jesus answered and said to Nicodemus, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus asked him, said, How can a man be born again when he's old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus said, Verily, verily, that means truly, truly, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of spirit is spirit. What he meant was that in your first birth, for all of us, you are born of flesh. You are born by your mother. But then the new birth, the rebirth of man is a spiritual birthing. A spiritual rebirth that comes through faith in Jesus Christ. That comes through believing in Jesus Christ and accepting him as your Lord and your Savior. Accepting his atoning sacrifice. The atoning sacrifice of his life for your benefit. Believing in him and accepting him. He says that that is where you, you, you are born and you, there's a rebirth of your spirit. Your spirit man. The old nature of sin dies. And the new spirit is reborn. You become a new man. Bible says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. All things are passed away. All the old things are gone. And behold, all things have become new. Amen. So Jesus was trying to teach them something new. And it wasn't falsehood, but it was the truth about God. The revelation of God and how God loved man. And how God wanted to you know, be reconciled to man. They just didn't get it. And that's why John says that he came to his own, but his own received him not. They didn't receive him because they didn't believe him. Believe him. But as many as received him, 
to them gave him the power to become the sons of God. Even to them that believed in his name, he gave unto them the power to become the sons of God. And he says that which were born, not of blood, not of the will of the flesh, not the will of man, but of God. Amen. So when we receive Jesus as our Lord and yes, our Savior, and we believe in his name and believe that he was killed, he died so that we might live, he died in our place. There's something that happens, there's a change that happens within. Amen. The old you gives way to the new man. Amen. You are born again of the will of the Father, the will of God, your Father. Amen. And when you become born of the will of the Father, then that overcoming power, that is God, comes into you. Amen. So John, 1 John says that whoever believes that Jesus Christ is born of God and everyone that loves him, that begat him, loves him also, that is begotten of him. If you say you love God, then you have to love Jesus because Jesus is the begotten of the Father. And whatsoever is born of God, Bible says, overcometh the world. It says this is a victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Amen. So by believing on Jesus, you come into a new birth. Amen. And you come to the place of sonship. You become a son of God, a child of God. And now, Bible says, now are we the sons of God. Anyone that has believed that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, who came to die and did not remain in the grave, but rose again and is seated at the right hand of God, becomes a son of God. You are changed. Amen. Within. And that's what I read to 1 John 3. He said that, Beloved, now are we the sons of God. Presently, if you are born again, you are a child of God. You are a son of God. Hallelujah. And he says that now it doesn't look like it. But when we see him, we shall be like him. Amen. For we shall see him as he is. We are the sons of God, born of God. God is our father. God is your father, your heavenly father. Amen. And people still don't get it. In the same way that the people in the time of Jesus didn't understand. How can he refer to God as his father? This great father. And some religions also still don't get it. How can Jesus be the son of God and who was God's wife and all that? But listen, <laughs> God does everything and anything. He has a power. The angel told Mary that the spirit from on high, the spirit of Moses will overshadow you. And that holy child that shall be born of you shall be called the son of God. Amen. God doesn't need a wife to have children, to beget children. He is God. Amen. So Jesus referred to God as his father. And then he started referring to God as your father. He kept on telling the people, my father and your father. Amen. My father and your father. That means that he came to bring, to reconcile man to God. To bring man back to God. Hallelujah. It was prophesied of John the Baptist that his coming would turn the hearts of the fathers unto the sons. And the hearts of the sons unto the fathers. Amen. Talk about reconciliation. And Jesus is that mediator between God and man. He is the one who stands between us and God. And nobody else. Nobody else. There's no other name. Hallelujah. He is the one and only mediator between God and man. Amen. Jesus said, my father and your father. Amen. My God and your God. Beloved, your position as a son of God brings you certain legal rights. As a child of God, you get into or you, you 
receive certain legal rights. The Bible says, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. You receive first and foremost the Spirit of God within you who leads you, who directs you, who orders your steps in life. Hallelujah. By becoming a son of God, you have this assurance of God's abiding presence with you always. Always God is with you. And he himself says it in the book of Hebrews chapter 13, the verse 6. He says that, verse 5, he says, I would never leave you nor forsake you. He said he would never leave you nor forsake you. So your position as a son of God guarantees the ever abiding presence of God with you. Because his spirit comes to indwell you. Amen. His spirit comes to indwell and the spirit that is in you now is the spirit of God. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit comes to indwell you. And that is why Paul said to Timothy that God has not given unto us the spirit of fear, but the spirit of power, of love, and of a sound mind. The spirit of God that dwells in you. He, he is not the spirit of fear. How can the Holy Spirit be fearful? No. So you have the spirit of power in you, the spirit of love and of a sound mind. And that same presence and power of God delivers us from fear. So God has not given the spirit of fear. You, you cannot be afraid. You should not be afraid. Amen. Because by the spirit of God within you, you receive boldness. Hebrews, the second chapter, the verse 14 to 15 reads, For as much then as the children are the part, are partakers of the flesh and blood, he himself likewise took the part, took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had, the, had, that had power of death. That is the devil. Jesus came to destroy the power of death and the power of the devil who terrified people with death. And he said, and to deliver those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Fear is bondage. The fear of death puts bondage or has always put bondage upon man. But Jesus died and he rose again. We who are born again are guaranteed of life forevermore, eternal life. And so death doesn't have power over the born again child of God. No, death cannot hold you. Amen. So people who fear death do not fear death anymore. Why? Because we know that it is just a transition. We leave this body and we are in the presence of the Lord. Amen. Paul said that to be present, to be absent in this body is to be present with the Lord. Amen. So that bondage of fear breaks off and we are delivered from the power of fear. We receive the spirit of power to overcome in life. And that's why every son of God, every child of God is automatically an overcomer. And this morning I come to tell that you are an overcomer. Amen. Many things may come, many challenges may come your way, but you are an overcomer. You overcome every challenge. Amen. That comes your way. You, you have the spirit of power to succeed in life. And so I speak to you this morning that you will make it in life. I say you will make it in life. You will not fail. The spirit of God who is in you is not a spirit of failure. You cannot fail and you will not fail. That spirit gives us power over the enemy. Amen. In this life. And he says that he's given to us the spirit of love. To love and not to hate. Amen. To have the heart of God. The heart of love. Because God loves. God is love. Amen. And so the spirit of God within us gives us the heart to love one another. And he says of love and of a sound mind. He's giving us a sound mind. The spirit of God who dwells in us gives us a sound mind. 
A sound mind is a mind that is able to make right judgments. Amen. Not a mind that is confused and disturbed, not able to make right decisions. He gives us a sound mind. And that mind, that soundness of mind gives us peace. He said that he will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon him because he trusts in him. Amen. The Spirit of God gives us the spirit of power, of love, and of a sound mind. Hallelujah. You're being born again and the Spirit of God indwelling you gives you that assurance that you are a son of God. We are the sons of God. We are the sons of God. And so we have confidence in this life. Amen. If you ever meet anybody who comes from maybe the royal family of wherever, they, they have a different confidence. They are confident in life. They are confident because they know that, hey, they have a backing. Amen. But you and I are princes and princesses and kings and queens and priests of the most high God. So your confidence level should be higher than those who are princes and, and princes of um, wherever. I don't want to mention any country, wherever. Let's say, or Chibon No. <laughs> you should have more confidence in life. Amen. Confidence in life and peace in life and also confidence to approach God. You know, your children do not fear to approach you. When your children come to you, they come with boldness. Whatever their desire is, they are speaking it out. Whether you can afford it or not, they are asking. You know, and they have this confidence that you can supply. And being a parent, sometimes it's very difficult for you to say, oh, you know that I can. So we, we, we work on it, we work on it. And you go and believe God and God brings it. You see, but we have a heavenly father who has all things and who loves us so much. And we having the confidence that we are the sons of God, have that confidence to come before him. Amen. Come before him. And the wonderful thing about our God is that, you see, he came in the form of man. Jesus took on flesh, was born of a woman, came to this earth as man, as a man. And, and in his earthly body, he went through everything that we, his people, go through, that mankind goes through. He went through pain. He went through rejection. He was subject to ridicule. He suffered hunger. Everything that we, we go through, he's been through. Amen. And because of that, we, we, we know that, you know, he feels what we feel. You know, when somebody has never been um, where you are at, they don't understand you. I always say that people who are born with silver spoons in their mouth don't understand the plight of the poor. Because they've never been hungry. They've never lacked anything. So when we talk about we are suffering, or I am suffering, what do you mean you are suffering? I am hungry. What do you mean you can't get food to eat? Isn't there food? But you see, when somebody has been there, or maybe if a woman is trying to tell a man that I am in that time of my season and I have, for the women, you know, anti-pain. Men cannot understand anti-pain. No, they don't understand anti-pain. But it, another woman will understand when she says, I have anti-pain. She says, oh, my sister, come, let me make some tea for you. Come and rest. Let me get you a hot water bottle. We know how we go. Because we can empathize. You see, when somebody cannot empathize with you, and to empathize means to get into that problem, that issue with you, it's a different thing. People can sympathize with you, but if they have not been through what you are going through, they don't understand you. 
sometimes when somebody is talking about maybe a marital issue and you have never been through any marital issue all you say is ah my when they see you can ah talk 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 but somebody who's been through a marital problem like that woman has as soon as the woman starts she will sit down and begin to listen and praise be to God that our Lord Jesus who is our high priest the word of God says that he is not a high priest who cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmity but he can be touched with the feeling of our infirmity because he was subject to everything that we go through as human beings he's been there where you are at Jesus has been there before Jesus has felt sorrow before he stood at the tomb of Lazarus and Bible said Jesus wept because he felt the pain of the loss of his friend Jesus has been through everything that you are going through and because of that he can be touched with the feeling of your infirmity he can empathize with you and because he can be touched with the feeling of your infirmity he is you know, in the position of the heart to help you are you understanding me Hebrews chapter 4 the verse 4, 15 to 16 says that for we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities but was in all points tempted as we are yet without sin so he went through everything we are going through but he didn't sin and we must also look at what he did and also follow suit that no matter what we are going through we will also not sin because he went through he didn't sin and his spirit is in us and gives us the ability to also endure life and life's challenges and hardships without sinning and so he says that let us therefore because we know that he can be touched with the feeling of our infirmities we can come with full assurance we can come before him with boldness he said let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need amen because he feels your pain hallelujah he knows your struggle he knows whatever is the bother to you he's been there and he knows it hallelujah and so we we as children of god we can come boldly with a full assurance with confidence we can approach the throne of grace knowing that we will find help beloved if you have any challenge i want to encourage you this morning that pray unto the father in the name of jesus and help will come jesus realized that we have needs you know and so he said that listen ask Matthew 7 ask and it shall be given to you seek and you shall find knock and it shall be opened unto you for everyone that asketh receiveth and he that seeketh find it and he that knocketh unto him that knocketh it shall be opened then he says this listen say, or oh, what man is there of you whom if his son asks bread will give him a stone or if he asks a fish will give him a serpent if ye then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children how much more shall your father which is in heaven give good gifts unto those that ask him our father is a good God and so when we ask anything of him he is more willing to give it to us that we are to ask amen so if we human beings as evil as we are know how to give good things to our children how much more our heavenly father and so Jesus taught his disciples to pray to ask, ask and when they said the Lord teach us how to pray 
because John's disciples, he taught them how to pray, teach us also how to pray. And he, he taught them a prayer. And it is revolutionary in the sense that their reference of God was not, oh, thou most holy, righteous, exalted God. High above the heavens, thou great and terrible one. Thou lofty ones whom our eyes cannot see. No. He said, pray, our Father. Intimate. So it's not a God Father who's unreachable and untouchable. A fearful God who's ready to kill. No. He said, pray when you pray, pray. Say, our Father. Daddy. Darling Daddy. Abba Father. And you know, if a father hears his child saying, Daddy, something rises up within you. We, as the children of God, can make a demand on our father. Because he's our father. And he loves us. Amen. So Jesus said, pray to God and say, our father, come to him intimately. Come to him with boldness. Come to him an assurance that you will be heard and he will answer you. Don't come to him in doubt. How many of you go to your fathers in fear and doubt? Because I understand how it works. The father loves his child and the father is willing to hear his children. This morning, as a child of God, as a son of God, listen, have this confidence that your father will give you what you ask him. And especially he'll give you what is good for you. Sometimes we ask God the father for things that are not good for us. Of course, I mean, if a six-year-old comes to stand in front of a father and says, Daddy, give me a gun, a loaded gun. I'm not going to give them that loaded gun. But you give them what is good for them. So be confident when you pray. God will give you what is good for you. If it's good for you, he'll give it to you. So sometimes when you're praying and you're not receiving the answer to prayer, it's either it is not good for you or it's not time yet. But your father will never deny you. He will never deny you. Whatever you ask God for, he will give it to you in the way and in the form that is best for you. Oh, somebody put your hands this morning together and appreciate God, the Father, and His love for us. Hallelujah. Amen. And so, we are the sons of God and God loves us so much. Amen. He loves us so much. As children of God, we also have an inheritance in God. Amen. We have an inheritance in God. We stand to inherit all that God is and all that God has. Amen. We, the sons of God, we are heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ Jesus. Romans 8, 14 to 17. Bible says, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba Father. Abba Father means darling daddy or daddy daddy an endearment an endearing name for a father so, and the spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God and if children I mean if we are children then we are the heirs of God we are the inheritors of God okay we are heirs of he he stressing it say heirs of God and join heirs with Christ if it be so that we suffer with him that we may also be glorified with him. 
So as children of God, we are heirs of God. We stand to inherit everything that God has and God is. And we are joint heirs with Christ Jesus. We share in everything the Father has with Jesus Christ, our Savior. We are inheritors. Amen. So you are not poor. Never allow your mind to tell you that you are poor. Never let anyone tell you you are poor. You are not poor in your finances. You are not poor in the spirit. No, never say you are poor. You are not. Amen. Maybe the money is now coming. It's on its way. You understand? It, it, it will come, but you are not poor. Because you are an, an heir of God and a joint heir with Christ Jesus. You are not poor financially. You are not poor spiritually. You are not poor. You are full and overloaded to be precise. Hallelujah. Put your hands together and give the Lord a clap offering. Amen. And indeed, the Bible says that God has given unto us everything that pertains unto life and unto godliness. That is everything that is needful for life. And when we talk about life, it's not just existence, but everything that is needed for abundant life, God has already given unto us. Second Peter 1, I'll be reading from the verse 2 to 4. It says, Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and our Lord Jesus Christ. According as his divine power has given unto us all things, everything that pertain unto life and godliness, through the knowledge of him who has called us to glory and to virtue, whereby are given unto us exceedingly great and precious promises, that by these you might be partakers of his divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in this world through lust. Amen. So we have been given everything that is needful for abundant life and for godly living. Sin will not have rule over your life. Amen. And he has given unto us precious, exceedingly great and precious promises. And by those promises of God, we, be, we become partakers of his divine nature. I think a few days ago, I was talking to you about man, that man was created as a glorious being, an honorable being, not a base creature. Amen. And so if we become the partakers of his divine nature, then we can say that as he is, so are we also. Amen. You must begin to manifest God. Your life must begin to manifest God. And this one, I was just thinking about it, that we need to work it one virtue after another, one attribute after another. God is love. So begin to check your love thermometer. Not just love for your, your immediate family, but love for all men. You know, if we say God is a God of peace, then we should also be the people who, you know, are peacemakers. And we should also have that peace. So whatever is in his divine nature is given also to us. But you see, it is a choice that we need to make. Amen. To take what he's given to us. Everything that pertains unto life. Everything that is important, that is needed for an abundant life and godliness and virtue and righteousness. All these things are given to us. So for the child of God, you don't struggle to do right. You shouldn't struggle to do right. Because his divine nature is already within you. Hallelujah. Beloved, we have a loving Father. Put your hands together and give the Lord a clap of faith. Oh, come on. Amen. Praise the Lord. We have a loving Father, beloved, 
who is merciful. God is so merciful. He has mercy upon us. God doesn't deal with us according to our sin. If, if God would deal with us according to our sin, it, it would be serious. I don't know how many will, will, will make it. Amen. But he deals with us according to his mercies. One of my favorite scriptures, as I always say, that one is a favorite, is Lamentations 3, 22 to 25, which says that it is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. It's because of God's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions, they fail not. In the Old Testament, people would sin and immediately, they get instant justice. Immediately they fall down and they die. Even in Acts of the Apostle Ananias and his wife, Sister Safi, they sin immediately. They, they died. They were slain. But you see, God is not dealing with us in that manner. Amen. He said, he, his, his mercies, you know, help us. His mercies are upon us. He doesn't deal with us according to how we should be dealt with. His compassions do not fail. So they are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. So the Lord is my portion, saith my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. The Lord is good unto them that wait for him, to the soul that seeketh him. God is merciful, and his mercies endure forever. See, God is a father who knows all things. He knows there's nothing that we do, even nothing that we think that is hidden from him. Know that. There's nothing you do anywhere at any time, nothing that you even think about that he doesn't know. So can you imagine if he was a God of mercy and with the kind of thoughts that we have evil thoughts wicked thoughts you know somebody standing there and you are saying oh sister you look amazing you look wonderful and your head is saying you do it we all do it don't you please no lying this morning you do it so oh, brother your, your, your suit looks so nice on you but in your mind you are laughing because the suit is wavy but you should say oh brother or maybe not even talking, but decide in your mind that I will buy my brother another suit and, and present it to him next week. You look at, oh brother, your suit is powerful. In your mind, you are laughing. However, we think God sees it. So I say that if God was not a God of mercy, could you imagine the judgment on us, even for our thoughts, not to mention our deeds, our actions? He's a father who knows all things. And that knowledge, no, that knowledge of God that makes him know all things, he's omniscient. That knowledge also lets him know everything that you need. Beloved, there's nothing that you need that God doesn't know about. There's nothing that you need. Have you ever experienced this that you, you think about something and then before you know it, God brings it. And you say, ah, but I was thinking about that last week. I was thinking about that yesterday. You know, that is how God works with his children. Amen. So the father knows the things that you have need of. Amen. So we shouldn't be like those who do not have God as their father, who worry about everything, who have to fight for everything, you know, kill people for everything. No, 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 no. We have a father who knows all things, even before we ask him. He says that 
before it shall come to pass that before they call I will answer and whilst they are yet speaking I will hear amen so before you even come to God with your prayer request God has already answered you and when you are speaking he's listening and smiling and saying in his heart that I've done it already I did it last week somebody give the Lord a clap offering amen and so beloved if we have a loving father like this why do we get anxious don't be anxious don't be worried amen don't be anxious about anything don't be anxious don't let anxiety take your heart and your mind over because anxiety and worry can kill you it can bring all manner of things to you depress you suppress you every kind of press anxiety and worry it's a bad thing and in this present time of the world with this pandemic all over today somebody's died tomorrow this tomorrow that listen the tendency to worry and be very anxious is high but you see we we must stick closer to the word in these days and activate our faith more this is a time to crunch up more faith you know just activate it so you have the faith but you see sometimes we have faith but we don't exercise it this is a time where we need to take out all our faith guns every day if I were you I would read the faith promise and I'll begin to declare the word of God listen this is a time to live by faith this is a time to walk by faith this is a time to activate your faith because we are in different times and it is only our faith in God that will keep us afloat. Because when we look at the reality of things on the ground, you will shake. You will faint. But like David, we say that we will not faint. Because we believe that we shall see and have and possess and experience the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Clap your hands for your family. I say in the land of the living not in the land of the dead. We shall live. Amen. To declare the good works of the Lord. So beloved, don't be anxious. You need to work at that. You need to work at not being anxious. And I always tell people that when I read Philippians chapter 4, the verse 6 to 8, it taught me something. And it stayed with me all my life. These maybe 30 odd years of maybe 33 odd years since I became born again. This scripture stayed with me and has stayed with me. And it taught me that I can switch my mind. I can switch the pattern of my thinking. So sometimes I switch off certain things. And I believe that if you had me for this scripture, I would never have survived the many things that I've been through. Because some of the things I've been through, just thinking about them themselves can send you into depression even though it's past and gone. But I don't dwell on those things. Philippians chapter 4, 6 to 8, I, I recommend this scripture to you. It is a star scripture. All scriptures are star scripture, but this one has got a star bam on it. He says, be careful for nothing. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, not in some things, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. Do not be anxious about anything. Don't worry about anything. Come what may, God is with you. God is on your side. Amen. He said, do not be anxious about anything. Ah, 
But in everything, in everything, no matter the seriousness of it, no matter how bad it looks, no matter how terrible they say it is, no matter the verdict, no matter whatever it is. Listen, he said, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, in everything, in everything, pray. He said, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, thanksgiving in the minute that you pray, in the minute that you are asking, why are you giving thanks as you ask? asking? Because you have faith already. You already believe that it is done. You've been answered. Hallelujah. So whilst you are praying, you thank God. According to Mark eleven twenty four, that whatsoever thing you desire, when you pray, believe that you have received it, then you shall have it. So in the minute you are praying about it, believe it's done and thank God. He said, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. Then the peace of God that surpasses all understanding shall keep your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. When you have prayed and believed that you have received, begin to give God thanks. You come to a place of peace. That problem no longer terrifies you. That need no longer works your mind. Because sometimes you can stand in a place of need and that need is working your mind. Like, you know, the meal. Goji. Your mind is going to catch, 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 catch. And that's when people start tipping off. But I declare to you this morning that you have a sound mind. Your mind will never tip over. No, 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 no. Your mind will never go over into depression or into insanity. No way. You have the mind of Christ, I declare unto you. That mind of Christ brings you peace and brings you an assurance and it brings to you the thing that you need. There's nothing that you need that God will not supply. I have this confidence to preach this word because I'm, I, I, I'm a beneficiary of the goodness of the Lord, of the mighty things that God does that are beyond human understanding and comprehension. So when I speak these things, I'm not speaking them out of theory. I'm speaking them out of experience. So the things that we have tasted the things that we have touched those are the things we talk about i have the boldness and confidence to say that my god answers prayer i have the boldness and the confidence to say that god god delivers and god helps and god heals i have that confidence and i speak to you this but if you have that same confidence beloved there's nothing that'll be too difficult for you nothing too hard for you because you have a good father he's constant unchanging never fail you Failing God with an unfailing love. Thank you, Jesus. We give you glory this morning, oh God. We give you glory this morning. Thank you, Jesus, that you are above all things. You are above all things. You are above all things. Nothing is too difficult for you to do, oh God. In you, oh God, we have put our hope, our trust, and our confidence. And Lord, we know we shall not be ashamed. Let everything fail in life. We know that Lord, you will never fail. Our good Father, our loving Father, you are ever present with us, O God. Our ever present help in time of need. Our loving God, whose love never changes. Your love for us is constant, it never changes. You don't love us less yesterday, today, than you loved us yesterday. You don't love us yes, less today that you loved us three years ago. You, don't, you will not love us yet less tomorrow than you love us today. His love is constant. Amen. Men's love can go like that and change. But as for the love of God, ever remains the same. 
our loving Father. Somebody just clap your hands, jump, shout, anything you want to do to express your joy this morning. Hallelujah. Glory to the name of the Lord Jesus. And so we have this confidence in life. We have this confidence in life. That come what may, I know he'll be there. God is never sleeping. Amen. That's what he says. I come what may, I know you'll be there. My God is never sleeping. Listen, we have a loving father. And the good thing is that, beloved, he says that the peace of God will keep your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. And I was talking about the ability to harness your mind. You see, you, you need to bring your mind under control. And God has given us the ability to harness your thoughts. I said, that's where I learned how to do this. He says, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue in them, if there be any praise in them, he says, think upon these things. So that means that we have a choice to switch, to turn off certain thoughts when they come. And believe that is how you can keep your peace and your sanity in certain situations switch switch don't dwell on them is it good think on it if it's not good delete is it praiseworthy think on it if it's not praiseworthy delete delete i mean god thought about delete button long before the the computer came so if it's not good don't think about it if it's good dwell on it if there's any praise in it, dwell on it. If there's no praise in it, chuck it. If it's praiseworthy, take it. If it's lovely, and the, the best one of all, if it's true. If it's true, think on it. If it's not true, delete. And let me tell you something else. The word of God alone is truth. Everything is let all men be liars and let God alone be true everything you hear is a lie the word of God is the truth so take the word of God that is the truth I keep on teaching the church about the difference between truth and facts facts are what appear to be truth is what is my brother says that to every problem between two people there's his side, her side and the truth there's the truth that overrules facts so let people speak their facts let them bring their facts the truth of your God abides and remains forever give the Lord a mighty clap offering so let's keep our heart and our minds upon the truth of the word of our loving God and remember that it is I would say it is the father's desire and pleasure to give good things unto his children God is pleased to give you good things that's the nature of our God Psalm 35 verse 27 says that let them shout for joy and be glad that favor my cause let them continually say let the Lord be magnified who takes delight in the prosperity of his servants God takes delight in our prosperity God takes delight in your well-being. And so he gives good gifts. He says it's a father's delight to give you the kingdom. It's God's delight to give you good things. 
Bible says that every good and every perfect gift comes to us from the Father of lights, in whom there's no variableness nor change. Every good and every perfect gift comes to us from above, from the Father of lights, in whom there's no variableness or change. He doesn't change. There's no variation in him. No. Constant. And every good and every perfect gift comes from him. And it is his delight to give you everything good. That is the loving father that we have. I have to run on my message. But I can't stop without telling you how special you are to your father. Oh, you are so special. Amen. You, you are so special. No mother sees that the baby's face is like see but to to every mother their baby is the most beautiful baby so isn't he adorable isn't he cute isn't she lovely and then you have to say oh beautiful because hey that is how see, we are special to God sees every one of us he says that you are precious in my sight I love babies so my husband says, I saw you every day be cute. I say, yes, because babies, they are cute when I look at their, their rounded thighs and their chubby cheeks. They are beautiful. New life. But you see, God the Father sees the beauty in you. He sees you not as how you are, but as how he created you. He sees you not as how you are today, but how he knows you can be. Are you understanding me? Today, maybe you are filthy in mud and covered with all kinds of debris. But listen, he sees you washed and clean. He sees what he can make out of your life. He sees you as he ordained you to be. And so he said that you are precious in my sight. You are honorable. Hey, not the world's honorable, God's honorable. He sees you as honorable. Why? Because he's crowned you with glory and with honor. This is our loving Father. We are special. We are so special to Him. And God has begotten us as His sons unto a lively hope, unto a better hope of a better earthly future and a, and, and a great eternal future. Your Father, your loving Father, beloved, has good plans for you. Whilst you are alive, He has good plans for you. After death, He still has good plans for you. What a loving father. Somebody put your hands together and bless the name of the Lord. He says that, for I know the thoughts I think towards you, thoughts of good and not of evil, to bring you a hope and a future, to bring your life, to give you a hope and a future, to bring you to an expected end. He said, then you shall go and seek me and find me if you seek me with all your heart. And that is why we've been on this 14 days, prayer and fast seeking, God, a quest for God because he wants us to seek him. Amen. Because he has good plans. The best plans are in God for us. And these plans, he will bring them to pass as we desire these plans. You ought to desire the plans before the plan comes to pass. He won't force them on you. But as we desire his plan for our life and we make up our mind and we cooperate with him and cooperate with his word it shall be made manifest that plan of God beloved is a restorative plan to restore to you everything that you have lost and everything that has been taken from you he restored man after man lost it in Eden he brought restoration unto man beloved 
you are not cursed you are blessed your loving father cannot curse you he has blessed you and I declare unto your life today that he will continue to bless you the blessing of God will continue to abide over your life the blessing of God shall be in your home the blessing of God shall be upon your children upon your children's children the blessing of God shall be upon the work of your hands the Lord will bless you in your going out and the Lord will bless you in your coming in you are blessed you cannot be cursed for the power of the blessing is greater than the power of the curse you are so blessed that there's nothing that anybody can do about it the blessing of God has been set in motion it was set in motion from the beginning and from the time you accepted Jesus as your Lord and your Savior that blessing has been working and that blessing will continue to work and it will work and work until it counts to it speak to the fullness of everything that your father your loving father has ordained for your life God is a great God but above his greatness as God he's the loving father not a God far off but a God who is near one that we can embrace one that embraces us one that knows our our, our needs hears our cry and, and feels our pain this morning I don't know where you stand at but I just want to encourage your heart that you have a loving father and so beloved stay your ground in the love of God stay your ground in the love of God and in the blessing of God know it in your mind know it in your knower that I am a child of God I am blessed by God don't let Satan terrify you with his useless roaring he can roar we go ahead it's empty because the blessing of God whom God has blessed cannot be cursed that blessing is working in your life don't let the enemy terrify you don't let his workings terrify you don't allow him to disinherit you of that which is rightfully yours hallelujah Bible said be sober be vigilant watch out for it and hold fast to every good thing that your father has for you but above all hold fast to your loving father and love him even as he has loved you in Jesus name amen thank you Jesus oh we give you glory this morning we give you glory you want to lift up your hands unto the Lord thank you Jesus we give you praise this morning I have a maker Before even time began, was in his hands. I have a father. Lift up your hands this morning. Receive his love. He calls me his own.
somebody just begin to love on the Lord this morning. Wherever you are in your home, you want to rise up on your feet and just begin to thank the Lord. Lift up your hands and thank Him. Say, Lord, I, I embrace your love for my life. I embrace your, your love, your goodness. Oh, this morning, beloved, as you worship God, as you thank Him and you embrace His love. Thank you for your love. I receive your love for me. Oh, I receive your care. I receive your goodness. Thank you for your grace. That's so abundant. My loving Father. Oh, we give you glory this morning, oh Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. The Lord, your goodness shall be manifest, my God, upon the lives of your children. He knows my name. Spirit of God, the Lord, comfort them, O oh God. I pray, Spirit of God, the Lord, strengthen them, Lord. Father, embrace them this morning. Speak to them, O oh God. Let them know that you, you have everything under control and the Lord, it shall be well with them. This morning, I pray, my God, that Lord, touch your children, O oh God. Thank you, Lord. My God, those who have been anxious about their work, their lives, I pray this morning that Lord, grant unto them God, your goodness for success. Because Lord, I know that Lord, you have wired your people for success. I pray that Lord grant unto them the wisdom, the mind for success. I pray Father, Lord, let the honor and the glory that you have set upon their lives manifest. Heal the pains of your people, oh God. The emotional trauma that people have are going through. I pray Father, Lord, heal your people. I God, strengthen the hearts of men and women and yes, even children heal sick bodies oh God in the name of Jesus people who are sick my God people who have been infected with the coronavirus this morning we reach out your power of love unto everyone Lord unto them oh God and we pray this morning that Lord heal your people oh God and grant them my God the confidence to know that Lord you are a healer you are a deliverer you are a helper you are a provider make way for your people oh God thank you Jesus loving father Thank you for listening to today's word. Connect with us on our website, www.tlgm.org. Get interactive with Apostle on all social media platforms at Apostle Leanne Coffey.